0: Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM Louisville, also streaming worldwide at forwardradio.org. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 362. Today's topic is the Economic Bill of Rights. This is from the Green Party's version of the Green New Deal. And they choose to start their version of the Green New Deal, not with solar power or wind power or electric vehicles. They choose to start with economic justice. They assert that people do or should have the right to employment, the right to living wage, a safe workplace, and union representation, the right to health care, the right to tuition-free education from preschool through college, Uh, student debt forgiveness affordable housing a public banking system which works for the people instead of working for the profits of a few big banks and lastly the green party asserts that we have a right to fair taxation starting from the very top the green party's green new deal says that it's in four parts. Number one, the Economic Bill of Rights, which we'll be talking about. Number two, a green transition. Number three, real financial reform. And number four, a functioning democracy. Now, this is something that neither one of the, the main parties are going to have anything substantial Uh, along these lines. Yeah, they'll talk about a green transition and roll out a bunch of things that are anything but green, but they won't talk about uh, an economic bill of rights. They won't talk about real financial reform, and they won't talk about functioning democracy. To them, functioning democracy means vote for number one major party or number two major party. That's a functioning democracy. So the Green Party and its Green New Deal is covering bases that should be covered in the others, but sadly are not. It says, The Green New Deal is a four-part program for moving America quickly out of crisis into a secure, sustainable future. Inspired by the New Deal programs that helped us get out of the Great Depression of the 1930s, the Green New Deal will provide similar relief and create an economy that makes our communities sustainable, healthy and just part 1 the economic bill of rights our country cannot truly move forward until the roots of inequality are pulled up and the seeds of a new healthier economy are planted thus the green new deal begins with an economic bill of rights and ensures that ensures all citizens number one the right to full employment through a full employment program that will create 25 million jobs by implementing a nationally funded but locally controlled direct employment initiative replacing unemployment office offices with local employment offices offering public sector jobs which are stored in job banks in order to take up any slack in private sector employment so what they're talking about here is a jobs guarantee And the great thing about a jobs guarantee is, number one, it kind of sets a minimum standard. You can always get a public job if you cannot find a job in the private marketplace that's satisfactory to you. So if public jobs are offering $15 an hour, why would somebody work at a private job for less than that? If public jobs offer... I don't know, health care insurance or something crazy that ought to be attached to employment instead of guaranteed as a public right. But if the public job offers those benefits, then private employers cannot offer anything less if they want people to work for them. And people involved in public jobs could work at all sorts of publicly beneficial Tasks and projects, not least of all community gardens, um, you know, tree planting, watershed repair, uh, child care, care of elderly people, and it's like this: instead of pursuing profit full steam ahead, why don't we shift from an economy of profit and production to an economy of care? If we had an economy of care, we wouldn't have to do anything else. If we decided that we're going to care for what we have, the people, our natural resources, our transportation, our healthcare, our education, if we decide to care for what we have, then we wouldn't need to do very much else and we could slow down this extractive, exploitative, economy that makes a bunch of crap we don't need while polluting the water and the air and making the climate uninhabitable. That is what we're doing with a profit focused system. Not that profit can't be a thing because it can. Not that business can't be a thing because it can but within limits and you know it's like you don't want to take any one principle or ethic or value and make that front and center unless it's a truly universal value like love your neighbor as yourself or love your enemies or crazy radical stuff like that that we can't be bothered with anymore. Continuing with this idea of a guaranteed public job, local communities will use a process of broad stakeholder input and democratic decision-making to fairly implement these programs. Emphasis on local. These will be locally controlled. So how do you prevent corruption in that scenario? Uh, It says pay-to-play prohibitions will ensure that campaign contributions or lobbying favors do not impact decision-making. We should have that now. It's like if you are a contractor with the federal government, you do not lobby. You cannot lobby, you cannot give give to campaigns. That's what is meant by pay to play. If you want me to favor this or that legislation, then give to my campaign, otherwise get lost. This is a major source of rampant legal corruption and the green party's green new deal the economic bill of rights says we are going to prohibit pay to play lastly it says we will end unemployment in america once and for all by guaranteeing a job at a living wage for every american willing and able to work item number two in the economic bill of rights of the green party is workers rights include a right to a living wage to a safe workplace, to fair trade, and to organize a union without fear of, hi- of firing or reprisal. So, living wage, something on the order of $15 to $20 per hour, if it were to keep up with inflation from the 1970s. Fair trade means we're not going to make American workers uh, you know, race to the bottom with, uh, and compete with foreign workers who work for pennies an hour. That is called free trade, but it is not fair trade, and it's not even free trade when you look at it. It says here workers are going to have a right to organize a union. There are a thousand things employers can do to bust unions. It is unregulated. It is the Wild West. They can do whatever they want, but then unions themselves have to dot the I's, cross the T's, or face fines uh, sanctions and imprisonment there should be a federally protected right to organize unions and to bargain with your employer by contrast the government of joe biden and nancy pelosi uh, you know destroyed the rail workers all they wanted was 15 days of paid sick leave but you know Biden intervened and said, nope, here's what it's going to be, seven days of paid sick leave. Can't bargain for it anymore. And this is supposed to be the party of the workers, but it's anything but the party of the workers. Item number three in the Economic Bill of Rights, the right to quality health care, which will be achieved through single-payer Medicare for All program. The easiest legislation imaginable is when you say, okay, the Medicare age is not going to be 65 anymore. The Medicare age extends to birth and prenatal care. No more age limits on Medicare. Well, what are all these people at health insurance companies going to do when they're all of a sudden unemployed? Well, give them a year or two's uh, salary. That would be fine. These are smart people. But the United States has the most expensive healthcare system in the world, and our outcomes are not very good. People are made bankrupt by medical bills. And the only justification for it is that this is what Wall Street likes, and Wall Street owns the government. Let me ask you, I mean, the Democrats especially spent the last three years trying to you know, lecture and preach about the importance of being vaccinated as if they care about public health. If they cared about public health, they would give people Medicare for all. Even before the pandemic, Harvard studies showed that somewhere between 40,000 and 70,000 people died each year because of lack of access to proper medical care. If you care about people, if you want people not to die, then change the Medicare age. At least lower it. So you see how hollow it is when anybody in the, in the party elites of these two major parties, when they claim to care, look at their actions, not their words. If you're just joining me, this is the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP, 106.5 FM, Louisville. We're talking about the Economic Bill of Rights in the Green Party's Green New Deal. Item number four in the Economic Bill of Rights is right to a tuition-free, quality, federally funded, locally controlled public education system from preschool through college. Why wouldn't preschool be paid for? We pay for public school, K-12. through Why wouldn't preschool also be free starting from birth or six weeks or whatever? We know that the early years of, uh, you know, brain development are the most important ones, and why have we not extended the age of free public education beyond year twelve? It's like free education K through twelve is a human right, but when you start talking about free college, it's a communist plot. This item 4 also says we will also forgive student loan debt from the current era of unaffordable college education. You know, one purpose of expensive education is to keep people in line. You don't want college students or graduates to have too much time on their hands. In the 60s Reagan was governor of California and he was fed up with all the student protesters, so he resolved to take uh, to to gradually but decisively remove federal, remove state funding from state universities. And so, you know, universities started becoming more and more and more and more and more expensive. If you've got to pay off all those student loans, then you're going to work for a good-paying corporation if you can. The last thing you're going to do is to do anything in the public interest because you need that money. You can't be a public interest attorney. You can't necessarily be a teacher because it doesn't pay enough to pay off your student loans. So life has been made very expensive by design. Item number five on the Green Party's uh, Green New Deal, the Economic Bill of Rights, is we will guarantee the right to decent, affordable housing, including an immediate halt to all foreclosures and evictions. We will create a federal bank with local branches to take over homes with distressed mortgages and either restructure the mortgages to affordable levels, or if the occupants cannot afford a mortgage, rent homes to the occupants. In other words, we're not going to kick people out of their homes. And we're going to get public banking involved in this. There's no reason for banking to be completely dominated by private banks. There needs to be a public bank which provides services and is a de facto minimum. Here's how we're going to treat people, and if you if a private bank wants to compete in that environment in which people get treated fairly, then bring it on. But we the public are going to have Public banks that render basic banking services, including savings and checking, including mortgages, including retirement accounts. One of the Dakotas, either North Dakota or South Dakota, has a public bank, and they can't get rid of it because the people like it too well. The Green Party's Green New Deal says we're going to expand rental and home ownership assistance, create ample public housing, offer capital grants to nonprofit developers of affordable housing until all people can obtain decent housing at no more than 25% of their income, Green Party's Green New Deal Economic Bill of Rights, it says we're going to guarantee the right to accessible and affordable utilities, heat, electricity, phone, internet, and public transportation through democratically run, publicly owned utilities that operate at cost, not for profit. And lastly, number seven in the Economic Bill of Rights, it says we're going to guarantee the right to fair, taxation that's distributed in proportion to ability to pay in addition corporate tax subsidies will be made transparent by detailing them in public budgets where they can be scrutinized not hidden as tax breaks so we've got some time left let me share with you what are my uh, climate principles what would be the foundational principles the social justice principles Uh, involved in any sort of climate plan that I would thoroughly endorse. Number one of Hart's climate principles is treat people right. You gotta have ethics. Don't tell me that you're wanting to do the right thing for the people of America or the people of the world if you're constantly screwing people, which is what our government does. Not that there aren't good elements of government, but, and not that there aren't good people in government, but what our government does systemically and systematically, routinely and consistently, is screw people. Uh, partly you know, through war, through a lying media, through a rapacious healthcare system. Uh, we get our natural resources stolen by private companies because they can buy our natural resources for a song. Heck, they can buy our politicians for a song. But rule number one is treat people right. The golden rule, ethics. Don't do anything that you wouldn't want uh, you know, done to you. Number two, in addition to treating people right, don't poison people without their knowledge or consent. Our agricultural system with the agrochemicals and uh, is, is you know, poisoning people or at least diminishing people's health without their knowledge or consent. Number 3 we need a functioning media that does not lie professionally. Henry Francis Adams says the purpose of the he says the press is the hired agent of a moneyed system and set up for no other purpose than to tell lies where their interests are involved. I happen to agree with that. The press is the hired agent of a moneyed system set up for no other reason than to tell lies where their interests are involved. We've been lied into every war in our lifetime. We're lied to about our food and our health. And, you know, most lies are lies of omission. It's what they're not telling you. They don't tell you with any regularity that, you know, 80 to 90 percent of all antibiotic use is given to animals that don't have a disease, that don't have anything that antibiotics would cure. It helps with weight gain. It also facilitates with cramming a bunch of animals into a very small space and treating them inhumanely. And polls show that, like a vast majority of people, are against subtherapeutic antibiotics, but that's not what we get from our government. Because they're bought by the people who are making money off of the application of subtherapeutic antibiotics. You know, our congresspeople are put in place partly by the interests whose business model depends on heavy use of subtherapeutic antibiotics, which is increasing antibiotic resistance in the population. And I'm saying one of the top eight principles I brainstormed here is don't poison people without their knowledge or consent. Item number three, functioning media that does not lie professionally. I've talked about this before. We need a functioning media that does not lie professionally. We have a media that divides into camps. There's the democratically aligned media. There's the Republican aligned media. And they fight each other like cats and dogs and divide each other into camps. What they don't tell you is the plethora of issues on which people agree, but we're not getting any action. People agree on universal health care. People agree on ending the endless wars. People agree on getting money out of politics, but we're not talking about any of that because we have to maintain this illusion that one or the other of the big parties is fighting for your interest when demonstrably they are not. And the reason we know they are not is because they're not willing to allow discussion of issues on which people agree. They only emphasize issues where people disagree. Item number four in Hart's Climate Principles is nature is the foundation. Nature is the foundation. No more sacrificing nature in the name of progress. No longer polluting water and calling that progress. No longer destroying soil and calling that progress. No longer uh, deforesting on public lands at, at a net cost to the taxpayer, not a net benefit to the taxpayer, but deforestation on public lands costs the taxpayer. The taxpayer is paying for the right to be stolen from insofar as forestry on public lands costs the taxpayer more than any revenue we get back from the sale of timber. This according to Derek Jensen, who's a good source on these things. If you're just joining me, this is Hart Hagen, and this is the Climate Report on Forward Radio, 106.5 FM, Louisville. Item number five on my handy-dandy list of climate principles is slow down. There's no reason for everything to be hyperactive. There's no reason for people to have to be hyperactive in order to earn a living. There's no reason for uh, competitiveness to be rooted in every aspect of our lives, including business. There's no reason for business to be uh, inherently competitive. Actually, it's the big players which continue to eliminate competition. But we have the opportunity to slow down. A hundred years ago, the economist John Maynard Keynes, said in a 1928 essay called Economic Possibilities for Our Grandchildren, the famous economist John Maynard Keynes imagined the world a century into the future. Things would be so good, he predicted, that no one would need to worry about making money. The principal problem people would face would be figuring out what to do with their overwhelming amount of free time. For the first time since his creation, man will be faced with his real, his permanent problem, Keynes wrote, how to use his freedom from pressing economic cares, how to occupy the leisure which science and compound interest will have won. So here's somebody that predicting that because all of our needs will be taken care of, we're just going to have to figure out how to use all of our you know, free time. Well, that hasn't happened. Why hasn't that happened? It could still happen, but it's only going to happen if we, the people, are able to collaborate with each other, inform one another, and you know work collectively to enact our will vis-a-vis the government, vis-a-vis the very narrow set of powerful people that we have to answer to and submit to, but we have the opportunity to slow down. But it's gonna take collective action to make that happen. Item number six in Hart's climate principles is have an economy of care, not production. How did we get to this place where we measure human well-being by GDP, or gross domestic product, and too much of gross domestic product is all about producing things. Not just consumer items, but in, you know, items for industry. Big machines and planes and tanks and boats and you know, barges for international shipping. We measure success by the big things that we churn out from factories. This is an economy of production. We need to switch from an economy of production to an economy of care. If we would just take care of the things that we have, then we would need to produce a lot of crap and call that progress or call that success. Item number seven on Hart's Climate Principles is to have a vision. This might be the most important one of all. Have a vision because all of the chatter on the news has nothing to do with any sort of vision that would be both credible and compelling to the average person. We hear a lot of crap about freedom and democracy when we have the world's largest penal colony. We have 5% of the world's population, 25% of the world's prisoners, and we call ourselves the land of the free. So we should hold the news accountable and we should hold the politicians accountable for having a vision that we care about. Talk to us about something that is relevant to us. Don't just continually lie and run interference for the ruling class. And if we organize ourselves according to a vision, We would have to set aside ideologies like BS, like American exceptionalism, like we're some sort of chosen people. American exceptionalism is used to put in like something on the order of 850 military bases worldwide. This has nothing to do with the well-being of the American people. It's not making the world safer. It's making the world more dangerous. The other ideology that we get shoved on us endlessly is a so called free market, which goes hand in hand with this idea of meritocracy, where you're supposed to, you know, you work hard and you get an education and things are, will work out for you. And if things aren't working out for you, it's because you didn't work hard enough and you didn't get the right education. Well, how is that working for us? But back to the original idea, free market, there's no such thing as a free market. There are markets. There's nothing wrong with markets, but there's no such thing as a free market. Capitalism didn't invent markets, and there's never been any such thing as a free market. Hey, I know. How about we the people decide what we want when it comes to markets? Let's decide what is and is not fair play in our markets. We might decide to break up a few tech monopolies. We might decide to break up big food monopolies and agricultural monopolies. We might decide to break up media monopolies because it's not a anything resembling a free or fair market if the big players are dominating the whole scene, gobbling up competition, using their size to throw their weight around. Got about a minute left. Let me leave you with something to think about. So the thing is, we're lied to endlessly, and we're never invited to pursue a vision. We're never invited such like, here's my vision for the world, or a politician says, Here's how I think the world ought to be. Or the people go to the politician, here's how we think the world ought to be. Now you make this happen because we're the people and we're the boss. But we're never invited to have a vision. We're just, you know, it's just endless distraction, endless lies, usually lies of omission. There is a better way, but we need to wake up first and be aware of what's really going on. Oh, look at the time. Bye.